So here's what's up. Dr. Feelgood, a.k.a. Dr. Schnetzer, will regale us with his injury report. Deke Wiggins from dogbone.net has some great points that he's going to make, as always. And then the celebrity, who's so famous, he only needs one name, Buffalo. I have no idea what he's going to say, but I'm sure it's going to be relevant. Then we're going to wrap up with our friend of DGD, Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm joined us at a live podcast at Creature Comforts last week. Did you know that Creature Comforts is now the official craft beer of UGA Athletics? Because they are. So support them. So let's freaking go. It's time for the Mad Dog Show. Coming to you live from the Park Group Studio in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Bulldog Illustrated, TheDogBone.com, Classic City Collective, The Park Group Marketing and Media, Ventures Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Bib Distributing, Pelicano Construction, Go Clean Cut, Jay Lee, Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Progressive Communications, Cherokee Brick, Macon Monogram, Jags Pizzeria, ASP, Butler Auto Group, Willingham Sash and Door, Cranford Chiropractic, and Walthall Oil Company. Now, here he is, your host, the Mad Dog. Based on the idiotic text that I was getting during the game, you would think that we were fandy. Georgia fans were acting like spoiled juveniles. So, Coach Bobo, let's just get right into it. It seemed like the entire Bulldog nation has been whining about his play calling. It was Bobo boring is what everybody was saying. Too many screens and too many dives. And to that I say, as usual, will allow me to retort. Did Beck check down into some of those screens and dives? I don't know. And by the way, our run blocking was atrocious. Do you think that CMB coach Mike Bobo was going to empty the entire playbook against UT Martin? Please, please tell me that you don't think that that's what he should have done. Because if you think that coach Bobo should have emptied his playbook, should have shown some trick plays, should have served up chocolate chip ice cream with whipped cream sprinkles and a cherry on top, Instead of vanilla, if you really think that, then turn me off. Turn me off right now. Click. Turn me off. That's right. Turn off this podcast and never turn it back on because you are too football stupid to listen to me. You don't even have a kindergarten football education. You should be planting flowers when the dogs are playing or maybe balancing your checkbook or maybe knitting some socks. You should be doing anything but watching Georgia football. But then on the flip side, if Coach Bobo had emptied the playbook, then the idiots would have been complaining about that. And so the problem is there's a faction of Georgia fans, not true fans, bandwagon fans who are ruining it for us real dog fans with their whining and their moaning and their crying. And it disgusts me. I had to put my phone away during the game. New rule. I don't text while the dogs wage war. Won't write them, won't read them either. I can't handle all the negativity. Why? Because I want to project positivity. And the real challenge, all my real Bulldog fans, is for you to project that positivity too. Next negative item on my agenda, criticizing players. If you've been with me since the beginning, then you know my policy. I don't criticize players because players are students, and that means they're off limits until they get to the NFL. That said, the Beck bashers are already at full tilt. Why? Because some people are never happy. First, they hated the mailman in year one. He won him a natty. Then they hated him in year two. Won him another natty. And now he's gone, and all of a sudden, they miss him. So what do they do? They're bashing the next man up, and it's as disgusting as it is infuriating. I mean, do you think that sometime between the natty that Kirby won us on January 8th 
And eight months later, did he somehow forgot how to evaluate talent or to develop talent or that he forgot how to coach? Is that what you really think? Of course not. You're just being a disgusting, ugly, smelly, rotten jack-o'-lantern with flies circling it and maggots eating its slimy innards. Got the picture? Good. Your heart's in the right place, but your head is jammed up your rear end. But there's still hope for you. You can still prove yourself. Prove that you are coachable. Prove you can listen and change for the better. Prove that you too can project positivity. Because last Saturday, among other things, we broke the all-time Georgia record for consecutive wins, 18 straight wins. And if you can't get happy about that, then you'll never be happy. You're a lost cause. And we did all of that with half the team injured. It wasn't our first string. It was string 1.5. Dejon Edwards was out. Smile Munden was hobbled. Branson Robinson's out for the rest of the season. Kendall Milton wasn't 100%. And Lad McConkey was out altogether. We had players that were out for disciplinary reasons, too, that we don't know what they were, like Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. And all of the players, except Monden, are offensive weapons, weapons that Beck could have used and used lethally. So I say all of that to say this. You have a choice, and it's real easy, and it's real simple. Be grateful or be ungrateful. Light a candle or curse the glare dogs, and you know what I'm going to do. I choose to savor it, be grateful for it, and radiate positivity, and you should too. And Dr. Feelgood is back, and by that I mean Dr. Snetzer, and I mean the guy who played O-line at the University of Georgia. It has been a long offseason. I've missed you. What's up? Oh, man, glad to be back. Um, you know, got a little fall in the air now. Got some cooler weather. I uh, got football back on TV. Uh, all is right with the world. Georgia went. Georgia won again, and and here we go. Here we go, man. And all of a sudden, we got lots of injuries to discuss with you. Let's start with we'll, – we'll do McConkie last. So let's start with Dejon Edwards. I think he's got a sprained MCL. Dealt with it in the past. They said he's probably going to be able to go, which I'm kind of like leave him out of Ball State and have him ready for the Gamecocks. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it all again, you know, these guys are competitors. They want to play. So I think if he if he can play, he probably would like to get up there and get a few snaps in. Uh, certainly we always, you know, want to, you know, want to make sure everybody's 100% before we get them back out there. Um, and we, all want, we want to save people for the games that we need them. Um, you know, you don't like to take anybody lightly. Uh, but again, this is a game that, you know, we should be able to take handedly uh, with our uh, with our second string guys. Well, to your point um, with Kendall Milton, you know he played even though he was not a hundred percent. He's got that just nagging hamstring injury from hell, mm -hmm. and I've always at least heard that with those hammies that you got to leave those things alone until they're a hundred percent. Obviously, I'm wrong about that. So educate me as to why he was able well, to go not, not necessarily play. wrong. Right. I mean, he just, he's just kind of having to play through it a little bit. You know, these things, they take a while and every time he's going out there running on it, he's stressing it. And, um, you know, he, he may not be a hundred percent all year. He may just be one of those things that, you know, it's just going to take too long to get him, to get him back. And so, you know, he can play with it. He can play through it. You know, I think let it, let him, if he wants to get out there and do it, let him do it. So, there's no risk of, you know, I, I would assume they'd say, okay, don't go into sixth gear out there if somebody's going to catch at you. Because if you go into that last gear, that's when you're most susceptible of, to hurt it. Or am I wrong and you can hurt it in first gear? I mean, you can really hurt it at any point. Obviously, probably more when you're going full speed. You know, I think he's probably just got a, a strain. You know, certainly mm -hmm. if that progresses to like a tear or something else, then that's a little bit different. Uh, but right now, you know, it's just a, a muscle strain, and you know, you kind of let him. If he feels like he can, he can handle it out there. Then let him go. All right, he, you know, obviously we all know by now. Branson Robbins is out for the year, and yeah. he had something that I have not heard to my knowledge. Am I right that he tore his patella tendon? Yeah, I think that's what they said—a patella tendon. Um, you know, that's just one of the the tendons that connects the patella uh, to the. Uh, to the lower bone in the uh, 
in the leg, a pretty, pretty significant injury. You know, those are, yeah, really- I mean, it's real significant. And I've always envisioned that as, as being a thick tendon. Cause I, I know they use it for grafts on ACLs. They use it with mine. Yeah. And, I mean, isn't yep. that pretty isn't that pretty rare for somebody to tear it's, it's that a, it's a very robust tendon but you know it certainly can happen um uh you tend to see it a lot in basketball players and jumping athletes more often but it can mm-hmm. it, it can happen you know i think it just goes to show that you know as these guys are working out and getting stronger and these muscles are getting stronger sometimes they're you know they're just able to it's just overcoming some of the the, the tensile strength of these tendons so the big one, McConkey, the mystery back injury. Kirby said in his presser, he doesn't really understand it. He said it's a big, long word. I could never find anywhere where they actually use that long word. It looks like one of those twitchy, tweaky things that it's very hard to tw- to treat at all. Have you been able to, to – I mean, you're a back guy. Have you been able to yeah, find I somewhere? I, I haven't seen any – I haven't seen anybody mention exactly what it is other than he just had a back pain, a back injury. So obviously there's a broad spectrum of injuries that could be, could be anything from as simple as like a pulled muscle. He could have a fracture of like a transverse process. Um, you know, could have a herniated disc and have, having kind of a sciatic type pain. So it's really hard to say without having any more information exactly what it is and how long he's going to be out. It does sound, I mean, like he's out there doing some work right now. They said he's running some routes against air, so he is able to do some stuff. So I think that's obviously, you know, in his favor that, you know, at some point we're going to get him back. Can you call uh, your buddy Ron Corson now and see what he could tell us about um, McConkey? <laughs> do, do you have him on speed dial? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I don't know if Ron would divulge that right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet he wouldn't. I bet uh, some folks out in Vegas might like to know the answer to that question. Yeah, some lines I'm might sure. move. Yeah. Um, who else is hurt? Mondin's been kind of nicked Mondin up. Kind of, yeah, played. kind of nursing a foot injury, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. you got a couple guys with with a shoulder with shoulders, and you know, I, you know, you come to a hard fall camp. You know, you're getting into this, and you know, we kind of we've talked about this in the past. You know. They're always going to be there's people are always going to be playing hurt. There are always going to be some injuries out there, and you know the longer the season goes, obviously the more it's going to going to happen. Um, you know, it's just you know it's it's a tough sport, right? And that's you got you know the next guy that's that's got to that's the philosophy, and they've done a real done a good job these last couple of years of, of doing that. You know, we've we've lost some key players at times, and you know we've had some guys step up and really make make good plays for us and really help this team to to where we've been these last couple of years. All right, last thing I want you to educate me on this because this to me is one of those injuries that's kind of newer, and that is the torn labrum, which uh, Marvis Jones Jr. had all of the last year, but he played, and mm-hmm. I actually looked it up, you know, and it has to do with the shoulder socket. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, it, so the leg, almost, the leg, yeah, so it the, just seems the, like the, you're the, a one arm bandit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the labrum is. It's basically like a rim of cartilage around the socket of the shoulder to help provide stability. Uh, you know, you kind of think of the shoulders like a ball and socket. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is that the socket itself is really not that deep. And so it needs that kind of extra rim of cartilage to provide some depth and depth and some provide some stability. And so, you know, you see the, these people with these labral injuries that put a lot of stress on their shoulders. Uh, typically, you see it a lot in like overhead athletes. You'll see a lot of volleyball players, mm-hmm. uh, throwers, but they kind of just damage that rim along there. And as long as the shoulder is stable, they can continue to, to participate. Uh, and what I mean by stable is it's not dislocating during you know during activities. You know they can participate in it, but it's a it's a painful injury. I, I unfortunately have suffered through one for several years. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's tough. But with, you know, with physical therapy and strengthening kind of the, the rotator cuff muscles and the other muscles around it, you know, you can certainly play through it. Well, so if you tear that cartilage, how do you replace it? Uh, you don't. You repair it back down. So they basically go in and uh, put base, an anchor or uh, like a drill down into the bone and put an anchor and anchor it back in place with with a suture. And then the bone has to grow back around that anchor to uh, solidify it back in place. So it'll so kind of regenerate it. So yeah, so you surgically reattach it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. 
Well, I can't think of anything else to cover with you today. And I know uh, you're a busy man with lots of kids and heck, you might be operating on somebody before uh, the, the sun goes down, but I uh, appreciate you carving out some time for us. Yes, sir. Looking forward to another big year. Yes, sir. See you in Athens soon. So we are joined by Deke Wiggins with dogbone.net, which is my favorite website to go to. It's a clearinghouse for all things dog related, pulls articles from everywhere. It's the one place you need to go for dog info. Welcome, Deke. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Mad Dog. Man, I tell you what, I can't believe we're here. We got we got a game behind us and and now it's on. One thing that I wanted to address with you real quick, I wanted to talk about who's your top 12 since 12 is kind of the new number we're thinking about next year. If you had to say, who would you say? Oh, that's a good question. I, I didn't even put any thought into that, but um, I'll get lost probably around 10 through 12. That's okay. Um, Georgia. I'm starting to start easy. Georgia. Right. Um, Agree. Alabama. You got Alabama before FSU. For now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, so I'm you got Alabama, you got Alabama too. Who do you have three? Well, here's, I'm, I'm thinking how good they'll be in like 10 weeks. Okay. 12 weeks. So I think, and then I think Ohio state, um, even over though they, you think they Ohio don't. state over Michigan? I am. I do. Why? I, they don't even have a quarterback yet. I don't know. I just think Michigan is – every time they're so hyped up, they they disappoint. Uh, they don't disappoint me, um, <laughs> but they disappoint their fans. I, I think they're they're due for, um, uh, you know, a season where they don't quite hit what they expect to. And then I would say Florida State. I mean, they did look good. Um, then Michigan – now I'm going to start getting – Confused. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Oh, USC. Like, I'm, huh? I said USC. Probably would be six for me. Okay. Um. Already said Michigan. Uh, Penn State would be. I'd say Penn State seven. Okay. Uh, Washington because they got cool uniforms. Okay. I put them at nine or eight. I don't know where am I at. You're around. You're around there, and <laughs> I know I had Florida State at five, and then I had um, USC six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, um, Tennessee nine, Oregon ten. Oh, the a ACC looks pretty bad, uh, so I can't really put anything with ACC. Um, I don't think Oklahoma is going to – I go. I guess Texas – I'll go Texas 11. Maybe they sh should have been a little bit higher. And then did uh, I've already picked three teams from the pack and the three teams from the Big Ten and three teams well, – I'll go with uh, A&M. Texas A&M is your 12th team? That's my 12th team. You're a Bobby Petrino believer. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, I'm going to cheat. Because I'm going to use Jeff Dantzler's top 12 from Bulldog Illustrated. Because it's interesting some of the ones he leaves out. So he's got Georgia 2, excuse me, Georgia 1, Florida State 2, Bama 3, Michigan 4. So I kind of agree with that. Then he throws Notre Dame in there at 5. So he's a Notre Dame. Them. I do like their quarterback. Okay. I wouldn't put him at 5, but I would probably put them – in the top 12. Because if they're at five, that means they're lurking. Yeah. Um, he's got Ohio State. I'll tell you who he doesn't even have in his top 12 is USC. Wow. I mean, they, they're they going to be as good as they were last year. And well, they who were he's got is he's got Utah at seven. He's got Tennessee at eight. He's got Clemson at nine, but this came out before the game. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he actually noted that in, in his in – his, uh, for Clemson. He goes, this is coming out before the game. He's got Texas at 10, got kind of a surprise with uh, Oregon State at 11. He's got no Penn State in here. I disagree with that. And he's got LSU at 12, which the jury's kind of out on them. 
Yeah, I do like this. Um, I do like this discussion, though. But because you're right, next year it's a whole whole different ball game. So um, if I'm on in a few weeks, I might have a totally different twelve. But I'll go. I'll stick with mine for now. Yeah, I would. I would have. We all probably would have a, six different teams in there. So there's only one top twelve matchup, and that's Alabama and Texas, of course. Uh, Texas is getting seven and a hook, I think. So, who do you like? Um, I, I, man, I don't know. I, I think Alabama will probably win by about seven. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, but I it, think it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not. I, I don't. You know, I'm, I hate to be wishy washy, but I could see either team winning. It's it's going to depend to me on Milrow. You know, he didn't really face a defense last week, so he obviously shined. And you know, if he gets out there throws a few picks, then it's going to be all up to his legs. And I really don't know what kind of defense that Texas has, but I do know that they have A.D. Mitchell. I was about to say, A.D. Mitchell has some good memories against Bama. At he least does. One, one really and good one. You know he, want to, he wants to make some more. Yeah. So I've got – because Luck didn't fall Texas's way last year and Bryce bailed him out, I'm going to say this year I'm going Texas. I'm pulling for Texas, um, and I hate Texas, but um, I will pull for them. And I, I think they got a shot, but who, you know. I didn't All right, let's talk about an arch rival. Yeah, what's that? I said I wanted to was going to shift to a, a, a an arch rival. What? Let me finish. You finish your thought. I said I didn't get to see any of the Alabama games, so I don't know. Um, I mean, I saw the stats for the quarterback, but. I have no idea what to think about them. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of look at them with a grain of salt because of who they're playing. So let's jump into Florida. Now, I can definitely Florida, they will not be in my top 12 anytime soon. They're not, but okay. I, I can <laughs> see two sides of this thing, right? So three different plays go different in that game. First of all, you don't have two number threes on the field. That's easily correctable. That's different. Um, then what was, uh, oh, the, yeah. the illegal motion, the illegal and motion the doesn't happen. Too. Yeah, they did. Everything they did bad was at the absolute worst time. Um, right. It was, it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't because I am classic pull for the SEC guy. I'm not pulling for Florida. I'm pulling for the SEC. I'm pulling for teams we play. Obviously, because, you know, we really need them ranked good. It's not good when Tech loses. It's not good when South Carolina loses. It's not good when Florida loses. Uh, who else do we play? At least Tennessee won, Ole Miss won, Missouri won. Who else we got? Uh, Auburn won. I mean, it's possible that Auburn could be undefeated. Let's flip into that. Let's go to Auburn. If Auburn is undefeated when we play them, and I that what they're doing with their quarterbacks, by the way, is terrifying. By having one guy who goes up and down the field, and they bring the other guy in at goal line situations, um, that's so crazy it might work. But what's going to happen, Deke, if it's halftime of the Auburn game, both teams are undefeated, and Georgia's down twenty-one to seven because of two turnovers? I won't say what they are; just dream them up. Muff punt fumble, interception, whatever, block, field goal. When you're coming out and the offense – we get the kickoff first, three and out. We get the kickoff, we hold them. Three and out for us again. You going to stick with Beck? Uh, probably not, but, um, you know, I first, I don't think they'll be undefeated because they play – I think they play at A&M the week before. I don't think they'll win that game. But I do think it could be a tough game for us. I think the environment will be insane. Um, that's the – I mean, that's like the test for Beck, for sure. I mean – Okay, so now the question becomes, since it's been said, there's no number two yet. If you pull Beck, are you putting in Brock? Or are you putting in Gunner? I mean, I haven't seen enough, but I think Gunner looks a little more natural. Brock still looks a little unnatural to me. <laughs> like passing the ball. Um, and they both look to run maybe too soon, but I just haven't seen Gunner enough for sure. And really n neither. 
But I watched well, uh, watched the the game last night, and um, man, Beck's got such a just a natural throwing motion, and and on on swing passes, he's not even though he's got a rocket, he he's got good touch, mm-hmm. always spiral. Um, I mean, I'm I feel good about him, and I and I and I, I felt a little iffy watching him in the stadium, you know, in the first half. But yeah, and, first and let game, me let me be clear. I want it to be Beck. That was a strictly a hypothetical question to ask you where you would go, and I would and I would agree with you on who looks like more of a natural quarterback between Brock and Gunner. To me, it's Gunner. He seems more instinctual. Uh, I think he's more mobile. There's a whole he was recruited by Bobo at South Carolina, so obviously Bobo likes him. But it's just one of those little things that it's kind of fun to to play a guessing game as to who would the number two guy truly would be in a crunch. Well, hopefully they'll both get to play in, in at least two of the next three games. Right. And so that might, it might be obvious by that, that, that game. I hope that they'll both get to play in the next three games, which leads me to South Carolina, whose quarterback got sacked nine times. What? in the world is going on over there when they're allowing North Carolina to sack Rattler, who's pretty mobile, nine times. I have no idea. I didn't watch that. I didn't see it either, but obviously their O-line is awful. And I had heard that, and I had heard that they had lost a lot and and that, you know, skill player-wise, I think they've mainly got Wells, and that's it. So I was concerned on their behalf that the cupboard might be pretty bare. Yeah, um, and they lost. I mean, that, I was somebody was saying they looked decent on defense. They did get a, a couple picks, I think. Um, but they lost some good players to the portal. I mean, I know that they lost, uh, I think, a receiver or a tight end to Florida State. They lost a running back uh, that went to, like, Oregon or Oregon State. They lost – that Birch guy. Um, so I think they're after them kind of getting manhandled, especially on offense to UNC, which is no power. Right. They're in for a long season. I've so, got friends before the season. I could see them finishing second, but I don't see that at all. They had some of the, they did have some of the best signs I've ever seen on uh, game day. Uh, none of which I can repeat on here or, my wife would kill me, but you need to go back and rewatch it or I'll tell you offline what they were. All right. So who, if you had to pick the one Georgia player and you can't say Beck that you're most excited to watch this year, who is it? Oh man. Um, well, I mean, I, the, the, the guys that are proven, you know, I can't wait to get lad McConkey back and obviously Brock Bauer, but I mean, those are obvious ones, but I'll go with just based on, what I saw um, Saturday is Chris Smith on offense. I mean, he looks like a bigger, taller version of Arian Smith. Um, I mean, he looks like – and he's had injury problems too. So, if he's healthy, he looks the part. And that, Wait, that – Did you say Chris Smith? Did I mean – I meant C.J. Smith. Yeah, C.J., okay. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, C.J. Smith. Um, um on on offense and on defense, um, I mean Mikel Williams on one side and you can't Martin say Ma- you can't say Mikel Williams. You don't get to pick him. He's okay. a known commodity. Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, you just know that I was going to say Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go. I'll, I'll tell you who played amazing, and we've seen him, uh, you know, play. But it's uh, Taki Smith played yes. phenomenal. Yes. Um, and he's been, you know, he tore ACL in 2021. So, yeah, maybe it's just taken him two years to get to where we thought he'd be. But we're stacked in the defensive backfield. We are. We are. I'll say on offense, I- I'm hoping that Cash Jones out of the backfield catching passes is as lethal as I've been hearing. I think that's a guy that he's so fast that if you can get him in space, uh, he could be a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to see him in space too. Um, and he broke a tackle the other day. He, he, yeah, he runs hard, uh, but he's only like 180, 185. Yeah. So, yeah, 
He's my size. Back in the day, that was not too small, but. <clears throat> yep. All right, Deke, we got to run, but thank you for joining us. Um, and I know I won't see you this weekend, but hope to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Go dogs. Go dogs. And now we have Buffalo. Need I say more? What's up? Hey, hey, Mad Dog. Good to be back, man. Good to have you back, man. The offseason was way too long. It was real long, but the Braves have made it kind of nice uh, with their uh, huge run they're going on right now. You know, I'd, I'd love to just go ahead and have a repeat of 2021. Wouldn't that, that, be would be, that would be fine with me. We always said the Braves were a placeholder until, until the football started, but, you know, they're, uh, they're doing pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, so keep another eye. I usually kind of lose track of them for a second when I, the, the football starts, but uh, – We'll have to follow them. They're doing pretty good. So, speaking of football, first weekend, real weekend, week one, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I sure am glad that I'm not uh, LSU. Brian Kelly, man. That was funny. And Napier, is that what he produces with his 280-person staff or whatever he's got? That guy has the charisma of a toilet. I mean, how can I mean? He's just got no juice whatsoever. He's not inspiring. He's got no charisma. I guess he's a good coach. I don't know. Hey, they, they must have thought he was when they hired him. I don't know. They may be second guessing themselves now. I mean, we we're going for three. Three for the G is what I say. But they had two number threes on the field. That's that's their. <laughs> hey, hold back hey. up. Three for the G. I love that, man. That's, That's what I've been saying since that night of the championship. The 58-point white beatdown of, uh, of TCU. Three for the G, baby. I love it. And yeah. what about Clemson? What are your thoughts on them? Clemson, I had been in Beaufort, South Carolina all week for three or four days or something. I came back. I was a little tired. And I was watching that game, and it was – a one-point game, and I said, you know, I think I got to go to work tomorrow. I think I'll just go to bed. And Clemson will probably pull this out. And when I when I got up at four o'clock in the morning, like I have to do to go to the restroom, I look <laughs> at my phone and I'm like, oh my god, they lost twenty-eight to seven. I can't wait to see Dabo's face tomorrow. And it is by far the worst I've ever seen Dabo look. He looked awful. Well, how about when the quarterback was running off the field and Dabo put his hand out, you know, to give him a little five, and the quarterback shunned him and just <laughs> ran on by? Well, he looked like Barney Fife in that moment. <laughs> still, I mean, he looked – oh, my gosh. I'm glad we're not them. And then we got the wacko Beamer up the road there. He He's blaming the whole loss on the hot dogs that the chain guys were eating. I, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think – didn't they – they got that onside kick anyway, didn't they? I, that was one of those games that I just turned it off and just in disinterest. Well, he was complaining about wanting to go ahead and go, but I guess the chain guys were, as he says, were off eating hot dogs. So it was delayed for a minute, and he was acting, he was mad about that. But but I think they, they got that when the chain crew finished up their Oscar Mayer wieners and showed up, they still got the onside kick. So I don't know what his beef was. Grasping. The, the fact that he gave up nine sacks. He's flailing wildly and grasping at straws. Yeah, you're right. They get nine sacks, you're not going to win many football games. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that took a little of the shine off the game. We're, we're uh, you know, going to have with them. I, I, you know, but whatever. I mean, North Carolina, man, Drake Mays, a heck of a talent. It looks like their defense had something for, uh, for South Carolina. And then – Really, I can't even believe I know anything about any other games because I, the whole thing is about Dion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all about Dion. I mean, was there any other games this weekend? I don't think so. Not according to the stuff I watch. And my news feed, my, my little news feed, I don't know where it comes from, but I look at it. It's I'd say 50% of the sports stories are about Dion this week, and about 25% of them have been about Dion all summer uh we've all suffered through alabama fatigue i think the nation's starting to catch a little georgia fatigue which we're glad about man i've had dion fatigue for a while man i'm i'm they did a good job they beat tcu in a shootout i don't know their favorite against nebraska this week but it's just so much talk and so much i'm just kind of glad that our and 
maybe he, that's the way he needed to do it there. It, it is interesting how, because the, the program was so low, he's doing things so much differently and so almost opposite everyone else. But I'm just glad my coach kind of keeps his mouth. We don't get into a lot of talk and a lot of hype. We're just, we just play football. Well, speaking of that, and then we'll go back to Dion. Um, how about Brian Kelly comes out and says, we can't wait to go beat FSU's butts. I mean, who does that? You don't hear Kirby say that or Saban say that or any other coach for that matter. I mean, he just basically, I'm sure they plastered the bulletin boards all over FSU with that, and we saw what happened. But, I mean, how arrogant is that guy? Well, it's he, he is, I guess. I mean, I, I, for some reason, I like him a little more now than when he was with, with Notre Dame, but I guess he got a little ahead of himself in front of a bunch of his boosters and started – shooting off in the mouth, but again, <laughs> Kirby knows that silence is golden and speech is silver. That's, that's his, I've heard him say that before. And he's not going to talk like that because he's not going to give anybody a bulletin board material like you're saying. And, and Kelly seems obsessed with us. I mean, he talked about us. He's trying to get his roster up to us earlier in the summer. Now he's after the game, he's like, I don't know if what would we think we're Georgia or something. I mean, we're not. So that was a kind of feather in our cap. It was. I couldn't believe he said that. Okay. All right. Coach Prime or whatever he calls himself. Um, I will say this. That that young man, Hunter, that played 129 snaps. Yes. As a receiver and as a DB. That's insane. That's unheard of. Yeah. I mean, what did Champ do when he did that? Uh, what was he playing? Probably about 90 plays or – I mean – I don't think he cracked a hundred. No. Well, that is that is amazing, but I don't I don't think it's something that Dion's probably going to have that guy do. I don't think he can carry it through an eleven week or eleven game, twelve game, however many games they play schedule. I mean, but he is a great talent, and we we were obviously after him big time, but it wasn't in the cards for us. And I, like I said, they got some really good players. His his son at quarterback, I think he broke the. Colorado record uh, the other day in passing yards. And I don't think TCU's quite as good as they were last year, but we'll see. I mean, TCU last year, like I've said, they, they, their luck pushed them way out of their comfort zone. I mean, they were what 13 and one, and they should have been eight and six. And the last, the last two games, what have they allowed? 110 points. Yeah, I think that I saw. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sixty-five, and what did what did they have? 45. 45. Yeah, so one ten. Yeah, I, I saw one of their linebackers today said, uh, "Well, I, I would have thought the sixty-five points we gave up in the in the national championship would have been a wake-up call, and apparently it wasn't because now we're the complete laughingstock of the whole nation. <laughs> twenty twenty and a half point favorite loses. The guy was just man. He's down in the Seller, man, I'm, I'm I'm glad we're we're uh, we're nowhere near those kind of. Uh, you know, I got I, I felt sorry for him, and I respected him for calling it like it is. You know, and I yeah, you know, I, I, I also seriously doubted that TCU was the 17th best team in the country. I mean, I just thought that that was like no, I don't think they are throwing Sonny Dykes a solid just because people like him. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, well, if you think you've got Dion fatigue now, just wait. So he's got Nebraska at home. He does. They'll probably win that because Nebraska, you know, all they do is blow games, just like they did against Minnesota. Um, well, they'll have a few of a few of our ex players to help them try to win. <laughs> I guess one lesson now that Gilbert did all that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna get into that, but uh, I don't know. I'm not pulling against them, but. Gosh, man, it's 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 really, it's really blowing up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's 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 something interesting that we haven't had, and we'll just we'll see if the experiment works. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a lot of press now. I can't be anything but good for him, really. I mean, as right. far as recruits go. Yeah. So, I mean, other than three for the G, what what has lit your fire for this year? What are you excited about? What do you want to see? Well, I'm excited to be going to the game. I'm going to go Saturday, so I'm excited to see that. I didn't go. I only listened to it when I was – so I haven't seen any video from last Oh, okay. Week. I only got it through the eyes of Eric Zire and Scott Howard. Um, 
Zyre was a little critical at times, and that you know probably weren't quite as crisp as we could have been. But I mean, it's first game, first time for Beck. Um, but I'm happy to see this defense evolve without you know with with no, with no Jalen Carter. I'm not happy, but I'm excited to see what they do. Well, to me, you know, everybody criticizes Bubba's play calling. I just said earlier, no, he's not going to open up the playbook against UT Martin. Um, and people criticize the dives, which, you know, you don't know if Beck checked down to those. But the thing that was most concerning for me was just the lack of run blocking. We did great pass yeah. pro, but the run blocking, we were getting zero push. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what Zyre was, uh, you know, kind of talking about on the radio, describing on the radio. And, and I – I've seen us do this before. We've, I've seen us do that before, uh, and 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 kind of come back. I don't know if they sleepwalk in these games. I mean, Sanford, Kent State last year. Uh, in that Kent State game, I mean, it got a little worrisome—not worrisome, but it, it was. Last year was, was a little tough on those on those little teams. I don't know why we're doing that, but. Well, I think we kind of use it as practice a little bit. It felt like a practice. The vibe of that game was like yeah. – it was like G-Day. Yeah. It, it really was. It'll be interesting to see two in a row what we do with this week's. I would imagine that, you know, the O-line had a tough week. Um, you know, we're getting guys back on offense. Like Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint will be back. Probably Dejan. Smile Munden will probably be healthier than he was. Lad McConkey, man, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about him with the back. You don't know. I doubt he. I don't. I don't expect to see him. I don't either, and I don't want to see him. I don't, why come out there and tweak that thing on Ball State? Save that thing. Get it healthy for USC Junior. Yeah, because he 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 brings. Uh, he kind of. I think he does something a little. He gives our offense a, a, a little bit different look, and, and, and the defense has to respect that. And I think it really helps in all facets when he's out there. So let's keep him. And a back's a scary thing. I don't want him to get hurt out there. The upside to Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, and McConkey being out last week is you got to see a whole bunch more receivers. Right. Um, you know, you got to see more of uh, Ra Ra and Dominic and, you know, guys. Mike that Muse. Oh, Muse. I mean, let's talk Dang. about him. Wow. I mean, you talk about, you know, the lowest center of gravity ever. And just so quick. I mean, every punt, you're like, he's going to bust it. He's going to bust it. And then, he, and then he did on that whatever, like, almost bubble screen thing he ran. Yeah, I mean, he – and what he have? Didn't he have a – he had a – didn't he have a 75-yard touchdown at one point? Yeah. Uh, he's uh, – he's, he's, he reminds me of the little guy from Kansas State last year, uh, whatever his name was. I know Kansas State's had, they had Darren Sproles and they had that – Ah, uh, yes, I can picture exactly what you're talking about. But that guy's only – that guy was shorter. That guy's shorter than uh, – Oh, that guy's 5'5". Five, five. Now, Muse, yeah. Muse is 5'8". Yeah. He's the spring game Hall of Fame. I mean, Muse has gone crazy in our spring games. And now it's really exciting to see him bring it to the fall. Well, and here's the thing. Even when McConkey does come back, don't put him back there catching punts. I right. mean, he doesn't need to be back there doing that. Put yeah, Muse back with, there. Yeah. I'll tell you a little thing I was uh, happy to see is, you know, I have been concerned about our kicker and our holder because Stetson had been our holder. Beck did a good job. Kicker did a good job, although he did have one doink off the uh, upright. But And Zirkle did good on kickoffs, and, of course, Thorson was good. I'll tell you this. UT Martin's punter was an oh, all-pro. We were listening to it on the radio they were, they were like, oh, this punt. I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy, he, he should have transferred if he wanted to play. And, uh, he, I'm sure anybody would have taken him. Oh, I don't understand why he's not playing D1. I'm sure Mel Kuyper's all over him right now on his draft board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that guy, that, that, that someone was remarking about him this morning on the radio even. I mean, this is the two, the, what is it today, Wednesday? Wednesday after the game Saturday, they were still talking about the punter. For, for those guys. Uh, All right. I, I want to ask you a question that I asked Deke. I'll give you a scenario. All right. We're, we're at Auburn. We're down 21-7 at halftime. There's been some turnovers, maybe a pick, maybe a fumble. We come out. We get the ball first in the second half, three and out. Defense holds them. We have another three and out. 
Do you pull back? And if so, which quarterback do you put in? Um, it depends on, yeah, it depends on, I guess, yeah, Beck obviously isn't doing well in that game. Uh, or, or I, maybe he's, I don't know if he's the one that calls a turnover. I don't know. I think I'd look at body language, but if I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. If, All so right, let me change the question. We got, we got two possessions already gone, so there's some time runoff. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would go with Vandergriff. Okay, you go with him over Gunner. I think I would. Okay. Just because he's been there a little bit longer, and I want to get. Hopefully, I get to see both of them this week live. Yeah, and for some reason, I just like Gunner's body language. He seems more natural, more instinctual. I know he's got the mobility factor over Brock. I don't know. I mean, it's a fun little thing to debate as to who would be number two. Vandergriff went in first the other day, right? Correct. That could just be seniority or something. Right. Because I guess we don't have a depth chart that, that that lists that. I don't think we've got a depth chart at all. People were complaining about it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Kirby's latest. I'll tell you, one thing we're going to have to see Saturday is old Marquez uh, Cooper. The running back for uh, Ball State, that's the guy that went bonkers on us for Kent State last year. He transferred to Ball State. So oh, that's the, that, that's the stat of the day. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, no. That guy was rough. Yeah, he was rough. I, I wish we'd have talked to him about coming. Could he use him now, especially with, the, with the, uh, the, the, the running backs being a little banged up and all. Uh, I, I, that guy, that guy was a good player. So I'm, I'm going to see what he does this week. What What is the logic or the rationale? I would like to know between going. You know what, Kent State's kind of played out. I'm going to Ball State. <laughs> he maybe thought he's a baller, so he has to go to Ball State. I don't know. He was a baller in Athens the other last year. Wow, that is that is a little that's a little factoid there, Buffalo. A nice nugget of yours. Now I'm going to really key in on him. Yeah. Good player. I don't know. Maybe they don't block as well as Kent State. Who I've you never known Kent State. I've never thought of offensive line play when I think of Kent State, but maybe they were good. I don't know. Who are you going to the game with? My wife and uh, my younger daughter. Uh, we're going to go up there. My oldest, older daughter's coming up. She goes to George College, and she's coming to the game. So we'll get to see her. And I don't know. I'll probably come back to back here uh, afterwards. I'm not going to spend the night, I don't think. How is your um, oldest daughter like in Georgia College? She likes it. Yeah, she yeah. likes it. My son she's loves excited. it. She's excited to come to Athens, though, this weekend. Well, I think we're about out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to yes, throw sir. at us? No, I'd just like to say go dogs. Get the season started. We, we're playing these smaller games. It's hard for me to take a lot from them. But I know we, we get a lot of good work in, especially for the younger guys. Hopefully we're not in too tight a situation where they can't play. But the fourth quarter is, is a good time for those guys to get experience. And uh, we just got to roll on and get ready for after this week. We move to the next. We get in the SEC schedule, man. I agree with everything you said in my new battle cry is three for the G. Three for the G, man. There you go, baby. Maybe we should do some weird, you know, I don't know, like this or – this. Give them the give them the Jerry Garcia. Uh, <laughs> oh, there it okay, is. We'll do that. Three for the G. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Buffalo. So last week we got invited by Creature Comforts to come up to Athens and do a podcast for them, and we were very fortunate to be able to get Malcolm Mitchell to talk to us. It's always great to talk to him, and uh, he talked about his foundation which if you haven't heard about it, you're about to hear about it right now. At Creature Comforts, the official craft beer of Georgia Athletics, and we are fortunate today to have Malcolm Mitchell with us. How you doing, Malcolm? There's no way we can skip over what just transpired. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm diving right into it off the rip. Dive in. You know, do you realize some of your um, participants have the IQ of a football player? <laughs> that would be me. That, so we need explicit instructions. <laughs> explicit. No room for error. 
Well, that's true. I was probably multitasking too much and I'm definitely just shocked that we were able to come up with this workaround. And um, the crazy thing is, is talking to these creature comfort folks, these great folks, as, as I've heard that you guys have already worked together on some stuff. Yes, um, we're looking to impact the community through literacy. You're aware of my foundation. Um, you supported my foundation. So, yeah, Creature Comforts is an extraordinary group who's focused on literacy, and they're going to make a huge impact in the area. In fact, I think that was some of my confusion, because when you mentioned the partnership with Creature Comforts, it never dawned on me that we were there, going to be there. <laughs> I thought it was all a part of, you know, our ambitions to impact lives through literacy. Yeah, that's uh, that's my bad. That's on me. I'll fall on my sword for that one. But it was interesting in talking to these guys and them telling me, you know, their story. You know, basically, we were talking about how you've cracked the cheat code for society and just how impactful it is for, for kids at a third grade level. If they don't bridge that gap and if they don't become good readers, where their life will go. And that's in a very bad direction. Yeah, and I think at this point in time, we're considering it to be more of a global issue and a huge challenge to keep the world moving forward and progressing. I just finished an article the other day that just talked about the importance of reading and how it builds a sense of empathy, community, everything that's needed for a prosperous society. So if we begin to eliminate that, or not do it at a certain level, well, that not only impacts the lives of that individual, but the entire community. Uh, absolutely, and that's what I was saying. It's it's like the, the cheat code for improving all of society. I mean, in everybody's community, that's why we're gonna do one again and make it. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I said it before and I'll say it again, you know, my bank, thrilled to be a part of your organization and work with you. Microsoft was just over the moon because they didn't know your story. And then once the story got shared with them, they were freaking out. They were like, yes, we want to sponsor this. This is amazing. And I, and I think that's part of, you know, just the challenge is just getting the word out. You've done a fantastic job of it because, you know, it, it's your mission in life. And it's just a really cool thing to watch. You know, this may be a bad comparison, but it's like building a good football team, all right? You know, yes, you have a head coach, but the head coach doesn't catch the ball when the quarterback throws it in the game, right? So everybody has a role to play is the point I'm trying to make. And if I can play a small role in this grand journey to change lives through literacy, then I'm very thankful. And I appreciate having the support of people like you, your bank, and others. Well, you're you're way too humble to not take credit for what you've done, and uh, that's admirable. But you know, it has just been amazing to watch all the lives you impact locally across the state. Now, how many Read with Malcolm events will you do in a given year? I'll do roughly a hundred. Um, I'll do a hundred in-person events for the foundation. Um, but our programs stretch far beyond my physical capacity. Right. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of students, not just in this country, but other countries participating as well. So, you know, how do we leverage the resources, uh, one, physically and maybe through technology to further spread the message? So that's real interesting that you say that. So are you thinking maybe along the lines of, of ebooks or, or what do you mean by that? Well, I think there are some advantages that we have to take take advantage of as it relates to empowering communities through literacy. Our physical presence is limited, right? We can only be so many places at a certain period of time. We can only be one place at a time. But if we can scale exposure and impact through technology, whether that th be through a platform, an application, some form of ebooks, then I think we cast a wider net. And no, you don't catch every fish, but you increase your potential of catching much more. Yeah, and I, the, the cool thing is, is, this was my first one. Yeah. Those, those kids went 
bonkers. You know my dream, right? What? What's your dream? My dream is to host one in a stadium. Oh, man. Packed, so you have 90,000 people showing up on Saturdays for football games, right? I want 90,000 Georgia third grade students or elementary school students in Sanford Stadium for a reading rally. That's my goal. That's my ambition. Well, I mean, if, if anybody can make it happen, you can. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to take some work. What about this idea? So, like, when you do one in a town, obviously you can only hit one school at a time. What about inviting principals from other schools who, you know, didn't make, were not able to be done that year so they can see for themselves? Because, I mean, having administrators there. I mean, the teachers went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> teachers were going crazy over you, man. It was so awesome. Yeah, I actually love that idea. Uh, and probably need to execute that. Because it is, you know, it's pretty isolated when you do one. Only the people in the school can experience it. And they'll go out and share word of mouth or share photos if they took some. But, no, that's a great idea. I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how do we do that. Well, I mean, I'm just even thinking about taking it a step further. We do the next one in Macon, we'll invite the mayor. Because you know the mayor would love to see that. I think that would be a, a great time. Now tell the mayor, if he shows up, he has to stand beside me in front of hundreds of elementary school students and read. If you tell a politician that they're going to be able to get in front of hundreds of potential future voters, I don't think that's <laughs> fair enough. Fair man, enough. How have you been? Man, I've been doing great. You know, we just we just got our new bank open in Macon, and it's fantastic. Actually, Tim Worley stopped by okay. last week, and I got to show it to him and take him around, uh, eat at Fincher's Barbecue, and um, had a great interview with him, man. Good. Tim's a great guy. He's got a lot going on. Yeah, I've only met him on one occasion. He was passing through Athens. Um, but, of course, his resume speaks for itself. <laughs> I, I didn't know some of the crazy things that cat can do. I mean, he ran a 10-300 in high school. Hit home runs for the baseball team. Dumped basketballs for the basketball team. And then you know what he did on the gridiron. And I was just like, this cat, not only is that amazing, he looks like he could go right now. That's right. And no, when it, I saw him, he looked like he could play. Yeah. I mean, he's in great shape. You know, he's doing great work out there with uh, motivational speaking with places like FCA. Right. And, and he's got some cool stuff coming up that he wouldn't let me talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So where and when is the next read with Malcolm? So I actually go to Texas, Dallas, Texas, next week. That'll be the kickoff this some this fall. Then from there, I go to Virginia. I'll do several here in the state of Georgia. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. We kind of blocked it off in seasons, trying to have some balance and consistency with travel schedule. Right. So um, I'll probably be do doing them from next week until the beginning of November, mm -hmm. right for the holiday season. Gotcha. Yeah. You bet you're hitting a big school in Dallas. I think we have several schools, actually. I don't, uh, the biggest schools that I've done these that I've been in the state of Georgia, I think I did one in Troop County. You know, it was over a thousand students and once in an elementary school. So yeah, the, the size of them can get pretty large. So when are you coming up for a game? I'm supposed to do a couple signings this year. I need to look at the schedule. Now I know I need to be there in person for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got to look at my schedule and I think not this week, but next week, I think it's my first one. For Ball State maybe? Yeah, that's right. So you'll be in the Tate Center. Who are you going to be with? I'll be in the Tate Center, sadly. Uh, my signing partner for the last three years has been Coach Dooley. Oh. So I think Buck Ballou may actually fill the role of doing one at every home game. 
because mm-hmm. that was Coach Julie's passion. Right. So I could be wrong. So, you know, take that with the, uh, you know, but we'll see. I would love to, you know, I would love to do, I would love to actually create some deal with the bookstore and do one at every home game. It's a little challenging because you don't get to experience tailgating and all of that. So. Now I can't remember. You've got, do you have one, one son or two? I have yeah. one. Um, yeah, one. You know, my wife, Jasmine and my yep. son, Oakley. You're what? Say that again. My son's name is Oakley. Oakley. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing Oakley glasses. <laughs> His name's Oakley Grand Mitchell. Hopefully, um, the announcer, regardless of what he's doing, will say his whole name because it sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, it does. Now, is he is he involved in a lot of sports? Nah, I mean he's at three years old, pre-K. I figured you're already training him. No. Nah, he'll he'll be what he's supposed to be. I hear you. I hear whatever, you. Whatever route he takes, I'm going to fuel that. If it's if it's if it happens to be football, well, he'll have a little competitive advantage because I can teach him everything I know. If it's something else, you know, maybe he wants to get in broadcast. I'll call you. Have you talked to? Him? <laughs> well, I'd be happy to help. But <laughs> you're you're taking the what I think is the exact right approach. He's going to be what he's going to be. Let him find his passion. Yeah. Don't be out there daddy balling it, trying to, you know, like I see a lot of people do, trying to re-experience their youth with their kids' uh, sports exploits. I do want him to play one instrument or know how to, but that's a bit about it. And, and then enjoy life, you know. I mean, I think I've learned along the way. You can – the accolades, they, they're pretty cool, and they, you know, they pick you up when you're down sometimes. But life is very complicated, so you should find every reason to smile. You got that right. I tell you what, you you should get him to play an instrument because that's one place where I failed as a as a father is just not forcing my kids to pick up an instrument, make them take piano lessons or guitar lessons. I mean, they did, but I didn't force them to keep going. I think it teaches patience because you know now the world's filled with immediate gratification. Right. right. You want something, you get immediate results. You do something, you expect immediate results. Well, playing an instrument doesn't work that way. Right. I don't care how good you want to be today. It's going to take a long time to get to the level of playing like Jimmy Hendrix. So it doesn't really matter. So um, tell Jasmine that I said that uh, I recommend that he learns how to play the drums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you got a quiet place in your house to sell. <laughs> I had an aunt who's, uh, whose son had some drums, and every time we go over there, she'd cut me off and tell me she had, she had a headache. <laughs> so what's up for Labor Day for you? Man, I'll probably just chill out. Um, I was traveling a lot this this week, so just relax, man. Try to try to enjoy time with family, and that's it. We, we, got, we got a new house that needs a little bit of cleaning, so probably do that as relaxation as funny as that may sound well did you buy it or build it i didn't build it (laughs) well congratulations thank you buddy you have to come over and visit at some point man i'm ready to i just bought one myself that i've been renovating for a year so you have to come down to make it and come hang out i got a pool son can go swimming you just let me know anytime well we're not quite done It's, it's driving my wife insane but it should be ready in a couple weeks well, I said the same thing. I think we may be in the same boat. I've had mine since like last November. So, <laughs> same thing. I bought mine in September. It won't end. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, when you have an idea, you got to see it through. Yeah, you you do. But it's been a journey, and I've done a lot of reno, and I've bought houses and built houses, but this has been as bad as building one. Okay. See, this is my first experience, so I don't have anything else to kind of compare it to. Well, may the force be with you because it is a labor of love and it seems like it's never ending with, you know, you're in a race without a finish line. I want to see it through. I, I have realized that it never ends. 
just got to say, what can you live with and what can't you live with? Well, I've been telling my wife, there's there's phase one, and you exactly. draw a line in the sand. Say that phase one is done. Phase two, we're going to have to you know, wait a while. Right. Yeah, and I got about four or five phases. And I... <laughs> <laughs> well, Malcolm, man, thank you so much for joining us today and carving out some time for us, man. I appreciate it. Man, you know I appreciate it. Love you, man. Uh, again, I apologize for not being there in person, but maybe I can find a way to make it up to you. I'll just come back on the show later this year. Deal. Deal. All right. All right <laughs> Have a great weekend. You too. So that's it. Thanks to our guest. Thanks, as always, to our sponsors. Please be sure to do business with them. I have done business with all of them personally, each and every one. I personally endorse them, each and every one. So until next time, be safe and go dogs. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Bulldog Illustrated, TheDogBone.com, Classic City Collective, The Park Group Marketing and Media, Ventures Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Bib Distributing, Pelicano Construction, Go Clean Cut, Jay Lee, Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Progressive Communications, Cherokee Brick, Macon Monogram, Jags Pizzeria, ASP, Butler Auto Group, Willingham Sash and Door, Cranford Chiropractic, and Walk On Oral Company.